Hey everybody, Scott Burnside back for the Tuesday edition of Two Man Advantage, the podcast. Stanley Cup Final, two games in. Oh my god, I can't wait to talk to our guest, Mike Rupp, about the Stanley Cup Final. But Mike, before uh, before that, I want to. I feel I have to give you the proper build-up. Former NHL player, longtime analyst, youth hockey guy, and you and I first crossed paths when you were very briefly a member of the Windsor Spitfires, which was about, I looked at the calendar, it's 135 years ago that that, that happened. <laughs> Feels like it, right? Well, no kidding. Diff- that was a different life ago. Oh my gosh, yeah. It, uh, and I was thinking about it this morning because I, I think your career path has been so interesting. And when we crossed paths, that was literally in the first few months uh, of my transition from news to sports. And since these podcasts are traditionally always about me, that's where we'll start. But no, it was, and I knew so little about so much. And you were part of that Spitfire team for part of that uh, 97-98 season, then went on to Erie. And uh, and uh, it, it does, like, it just seems like it happened to somebody else. At least it does for me. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that was a long time ago. Um, all I think of when I hear Spit, uh, the Windsor Spitfires, though, is I, so I got drafted by the Spitfires. And we were considered to be Memorial Cup favorites. Um, or at least one of a few to be uh, heavily favored coming into that season. I want to say, you know, it may have grown over the years, but um, I want to say we've had we had eleven drafted players on that team or something, which was was kind of crazy at that time. And right. um, you know, a lot of the guys is a good amount that played in the NHL and and whatnot. But we <laughs> we came out of the gates. I feel like we won three of our first 18 games and they just <laughs> decided to trade everybody. And I was one of them. So I went to Erie and it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was great. Um, because I was an hour and a half from home. Um, and, uh, you know, I was an American kid, got to play in the States a little while longer. And so it was, uh, it was good, but yeah, Windsor seems like, man, that seems so long ago. <laughs> well, I'm curious because you've been doing analysis for a long time now. You've been at the NHL Network for a long time. You do some stuff in Pittsburgh and have it certainly in the past. Do you remember the first time you walked in the door when they said, hey, Mike, we want to give you – we'd like you to come in and do – and I don't know whether you started doing panel stuff first or color or you know pre-post game. But do you remember when you walked in that door the first time and said, okay, this is – this might be my like. This might be my new career. Or did you have a sense that it was going to be like that for you? Well, I kind of knew when I was um, when I was playing my last number of years that I kind of was interested in it. I mean, I always knew I was interested. And in I grew up. Uh, I'm a big sports talk radio guy. Like I like to put on sports talk radio and and just have it in the background and and listen to it and and drive and listen to it. So I've always had kind of the guys I enjoyed listening to growing up and um, whether it was at the time Cleveland sports talk radio or whatever. So I, did, I, I like that feel to that of just sitting back and kind of, you know, giving your opinion, having some, you know, a little story time and, and doing those things. So I've always been a big fan of that. And, you know, although that being on NHL network and some of the experiences I've had, whether it's, you know, working in, in Pittsburgh for their pre and post, or, you know, I've called a few games and gotten some experience doing that. 
um, and NBC that it's all different because, you know, you're on a little more time constraints and, and you got to go to, you know, you got to be in and out on your, on your things real quick. But, uh, yeah, I knew as soon as I did it, I was like, you know what, this is, this is good because I didn't know right away that this is what I wanted to continue to do, but I knew I wanted to be around the game and I needed to find something that kind of got those juices flowing again. And I felt like that this did i gotta hang out with some whether it's former teammates or former opponents um other guys who played and we get to talk the game and i find that through this you know i have conversations that i probably would never have had otherwise whether it's being in the you know, in the press box and running into guys of gms or scouts and former players and all this stuff, it's, it's fun. And it, it, it allows, you know, I just feel like it, it kind of gets you close to the game. Um, I think eventually I'll want to get closer to the game working for a team. Um, you know, I'm kind of getting that itch uh, now and again now. And, uh, but it's, it's something that's been really good. And it's been something that I, I kind of knew when I was playing that I wanted to try and, and I've enjoyed every second of it. So let me ask you, because you played a physical style, have you ever run into someone that you had bad blood with right? and or, or that you had an epic confrontation with? And whether it's been on a set or in a rink at a morning skate or in a press box, maybe they're scouting or you know, executive somewhere. Have you had a moment where you're like, did I say or do something to this person? Uh, I, what, have you had those moments? Um, I think it was more... Oh, no, not not necessarily like that. I mean, those guys are usually the guys that are the easiest to get along with, and, and we know that. I mean, I had stuff when I was playing at different times. Like, I'll, I'll give you two stories. One of them was I had I was in Columbus. And I got sent down to Cleveland to play, for, or sorry, not Cleveland. It was Syracuse at the time to play for the weekend. And Doug McLean was the GM, and he said, hey, we want to get you some more ice time. I wasn't playing much in Columbus. So he said, we're going to send you down to Syracuse. You're going to play a few games this weekend. And I said, okay. And uh, so, you know, if I rewound probably four years prior to that, I was in Albany, um, maybe my rookie year being pro. And we were playing in Wilkes um, against the, the, the Pens. And there was a guy, there was Jason McDonald who was on their team. And there was kind of like a line scrum. I wouldn't say a brawl. Everybody was kind of paired up and wrestling around, maybe a couple fights going on. And whatever happened in the scrum, there's this Jason McDonald who I got kind of squared up with, and he was a, a tough guy. And all of a sudden, uh, if you remember the name, Darcy, Darcy Verratt, and he was kind of with me as well. And so it was like two of these guys, and I had one hand on each of their collars of their jerseys. And they're both trying to get me to fight. And I'm like looking at them like this is, this is two on one. So I'm like, I'm looking at them and I know Jason, this Jason McDonald fight. So I'm like, well, I probably better off making sure that I tie this guy up. And I don't know who this other guy is. So I, I let go of Darcy Verrapp. Next, next thing you know, uh, we fall down. I'm on top of this Jason McDonald. I'm not doing anything. I'm just holding him down. And then all of a sudden this Darcy Verrapp comes behind me and, starts grabbing my face with his hand and his he he ripped my 
nostril off. Oh. Like it, it was, it was, it was like, <laughs> oh so if you looked at your nostril and you know, when it, where it, it connects with the top of your nose, yeah, that part was like ripped completely. It was just flopping. Oh so my I God. Feel this, I feel this <laughs> blood coming off my face and I'm thinking I'm a rookie. Like, I'm like, is this what this league is? You know? And like, so I go to the locker room. I miss the whole next period. I get stitched up. I had like 37 stitches in my in the tip of my nose. I still have the scars in the tip of my nose now. I can see it every day. I sit in the makeup chair for TV because I got to cover that up. It's like looks like a railroad track coming from inside my nostril up and around my nose in a swirl. And so I get this thing all sewn up. And I remember looking in the mirror before I went out there and I said, I will get this guy. And like we went out there the next face off. I went out there. I had a shift with him. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let this guy get comfortable out here. So I didn't do anything. And you just tell the whole shift. He's looking at me, looking at me, looking at me. I didn't do anything. The next shift, we were taking a face off together. I'm not even looking. I'm going to take the draw. And as soon as they dropped the puck, I jumped them and started fighting them again. Whatever. So, anyways, long story short, four years later, sent down, play the weekend in Syracuse. I'm walking in the locker room, and I turn the corner to like, whatever, go to the stick room. And I literally almost bump faces with him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, that's Darcy. Verratt. I'm going to kill this guy. Like, what What are you doing in my life? Lo- like, what is going on right now? I thought it was like a joke. And uh, I started sweating instantaneously. And I look at him. And he, he introduced himself. I introduced myself uh, like we didn't know each other or something. And then <laughs> next thing you know, uh, we went out to lunch. Because I was staying in a hotel. He was staying in a hotel because I think they just signed him and to like an American League deal. And we went to lunch. And I'm like, first thing we said, we ordered we ordered our appetizers. And then I'm like, listen, man. like, And we talked about it and we laughed about it. And it was great. And it was fun. It was fine. It was like we put it behind us and whatever. So that might not be what – the one, one thing that I think you might be looking for is like at the NHL level where I was – you know, I had to be a certain way. And Scotty, you know me, like off the ice, like I'm not, you know, uh, I'm pretty laid back. And then on the ice, I had to like, I had to be something else at times. So, you know, I had, um, so the winter classic 2012, um, (laughs) I did the Yager salute with the Rangers against Yager and the Flyers. And I just, I was there. (laughs) So one of the things that I loved in the NHL, is I loved home crowds 100%. I loved I loved the the feeling you got as a player where you can change 18,000 people's mood in the drop of a hat. So if you score a big goal at home, everyone's to their feet. You get in a fight at home or a big hit, everyone's to their feet. But I also learned that I almost liked it getting booed on the road more because <laughs> I, I felt like that was – a way just to, you know, I needed to do that for my team, but I almost thrived. So anyways, none of this, everyone always asked, did you, did you plan the Yager salute? Like, no, man, I didn't score enough to plan. Like, oh yeah, I think I'm going <laughs> to score a goal today. Like I have like, I had like less than 60 goals in my career. Like, it's not like I'm like calling my shot. And so, you know, I was going into that game and I, I always had that where I'm like, you know what? When there's momentum swings, that's something I learned later in my career. I was, I felt like I, I really learned how to grab momentum swings or, or switch momentum in a game. 
And so I, we had a shift and I think it was right after Philly made it, uh, I think they made it two nothing. I think we were down and it was the next shift. Tortorella put myself, Brandon Pruss and John Mitchell out there. And I got a great feed from Brandon Pruss and just came in and just fired a shot and got a pass Sergei Bobrovsky. And then it made it two one. And that was my second winter classic. So this is my first one on the road though. And I scored and it was just like, I just wanted like, I don't know. I just reacted. I did the Yager salute, like kind of in a disrespectful way. Like, like basically like, (laughs) like screw you guys, you know, boom, we're back. Yeah. And so anyways, fast forward to the all-star game in Los Angeles. Yes. If you remember Yager was in that game and I was, (laughs) it's kind of funny. I was walking with one of our hosts, and we're walking to the elevator uh, of the hotel. As we're walking to the elevators, you know, they're a pretty busy lobby. I look, and Yogs is walking into the elevator. And there's like, and so I just go to my, the guy, the host I was with, that's with Tony Luffman at the time. And I go, Tony, hold up a second. He goes, why? What's wrong? I go, I'm like, man, I'm just tired. Like, I'm, I don't know. I don't want to go in the elevator with Yager. Like, I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to say something. Like, because I never wanted to be disrespectful to the guy. No, my job was to. My job was to piss off the other team, and and that's what I did. And but I just, I was just, you know, we got done with like, you know, being on air for three, four hours. I'm just, I'm just tired. I didn't want to deal with it right then. So we wait there a second. The elevator goes up, and so I had to go and rent a car. Because my I had my uh, teenage daughter that came in, and we were going to go to Disneyland for the day. So I'm like, go up to my room, drop, change my clothes, um, you know, grabbed her, and we were going to go rent a car. And I go downstairs, I take a cab to the car rental place. It's like a mom and pop car rental place that the hotel gave us. I walk in, so this is probably like an hour later after I was going up the elevator. I walk in this car rental place. There's not a soul in this place except for Yager. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, are you kidding me? This was like two miles out of downtown. I'm like, what is the chances of him? I walk in, there's a person that works there. Just like, sorry, sir, I'll be with you a second. I'm helping this gentleman out. And I look and Yogs turns and looks at me and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, what's up? And he's like, Hey, how are you? And I, we just let him be, you know, stood in the background. And then eventually my daughter's like, what, what's wrong? And I'm like, I got to say something to him. And she has no idea about any of this. Like, she's not really a hockey fan. She's like, what do you mean you got to say something? I'm like, I kind of like disrespected him a couple of years ago. And I'm like, you know who Yamir Yager is? She's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that's him. And she's like, wait, that's him? I'm like, yeah. So then she's all embarrassed because I'm like, so eventually I just walk with him. I go, Yags. I'm like, hey, man, I just want to say like, you know, back in the, you might not even remember this, but you know, it's, 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 it's bugging me. I should say something to you. Like, you know, that's, I'm not being disrespectful. Like, you know, that was, you're one of the greatest players ever played this game and blah, blah, blah. And he was super cool about it. And he goes, he goes, oh, no, no, no problem, man. No problem. And he goes, Hey, I really love, he goes, I really love uh, what you're doing, man. You're really good. Um, I like watching you on NHL network. I'm like, wow, Oh man, cool. that means a lot. Thanks so much. And he goes, yeah. He's like, you're way better than that. You as you than you were as a player, and I'm like, I'm like, you son of a. I'm like, all right. So we just laughed it off, and I go, all right, man, we're even. It's one one. It's done with now. And we laughed about it. And he was really cool, and like, it, we I just left there. So that was the only the only time where I maybe had to like go and kind of like apologize or cover up 
the way I could oh. as a player. Oh my God, that's terrific. Okay, so we are gonna we're gonna talk to Stanley Cup final. Honestly, it's we could do this for hours, but I do want to before we get to the Stanley Cup final and and what's going on in in Edmonton. I want to I want to bring you back because you talk about you know the goals that you scored during your career and 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 your style of play. Listen, you you have you are one of the one of the few who scored a not just a game winning goal in the Stanley Cup final, but the Stanley Cup deciding goal 2003 for the devils um your first ever playoff goal if my memory serves correct and i wonder especially now you know, you you covered the final for a long time and and you so you understand what goes into a stanley cup final and i wonder it, it, what it's like for you whether you still get some of that juice when you're watching tampa and dallas go out for 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 these games in the final you understand what's at stake and you understand what the emotion is like and i wonder does it still feel? Do you still get some of that jazz when you watch other teams doing it, or or what's it like for you? Because you've been there at, at the the highest level. You you scored a cup winning goal. Yeah, no, you you still get that, and I, I think that that's what makes it. I mean, every year come playoff time, it's I want to you know we have to turn in our time for availability at the network, and for the most part in the playoffs, I'm like I'm available whenever because I want to work every day in the playoffs because I it's. <laughs> That's what you want. I, I love the storylines. I love watching it. I love following, you know, and watching teams and individuals respond the way they respond and watching guys make history. And I think that the big thing, the hardest thing, though, is when I saw it, when I saw it, when I went to my first finals and see it live. Like, this is actually a lot easier. I mean, it's been a number of years now, so it's kind of changed. But I remember my first year was Tampa, Chicago in 2015. And I almost, and I talked to a lot of players and a lot of them are like that too. I almost couldn't, I almost couldn't be in the building for like the anthem right. and, you know, the start of the game and the intro, I, I could, it was like, okay, man, this is like, this is why I played. Like, I don't, I don't like this feeling right now, but it's, you know, it's yeah. just like anything else you get used to it. Um, but I love watching, I love watching these guys step up and the storylines that change every year and the guys that are blocking the shots i mean it's just a really it's just a really unique um you know hockey's a, a unique one and i i'm a perfect example of i love watching this you don't know who the hero is going to be i grew up a yeah. big big basketball fan but i always knew that michael jordan was going to get the last shot everybody knew that everybody in the building everybody in the world that's what made him great everyone knew he was going to get it and he still make it but like in hockey we have no idea we have no idea. I mean, look at look at Yul Kiviranta. Like, yep. wait, what? This guy wasn't even on their, you know, this guy wasn't necessarily on the on the radar for this year. And then you've got you got these role playing guys that step up. I mean, Matty Martin had five. What do you have? Five goals in the playoffs. Yes. I mean, yeah. Matt Martin. I don't know what he had in the regular. It, I love that stuff because it's going to come from somewhere, but no one knows where. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, Mike, we're going to take a very brief break, and then we're going to come back and we're going to kick around Dallas, Tampa. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Every sports story that matters, that's the athletic way. And now you can join for just $1 or one pound a month. Get unlimited access to breaking news, in-depth stories, and expert analysis on what's sure to be one of the most enthralling seasons in sports history. We know this is a fact. The NHL playoffs almost completed in the Edmonton bubble. Stanley Cup final, Dallas, Tampa. A draft, October 6th and 7th. Free agency, a couple of days after that. You don't want to miss any of it. So subscribe now and save. 
Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash advantage, you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash advantage, receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month, we hope to see you there. So, Mike, you, and you know this from from both playing at in a final in the playoffs, and from from being an analyst. You know, sometimes, and this is you know, this is the first time I haven't been at a final in a long time, and and I I feel I feel a bit of a you know sort of being in a bit of a vacuum. But but I always found that one of the things about a Stanley Cup final is it sometimes takes time to get going because these are teams that really aren't familiar with each other, right? Like, you know, like it's not like Devils Rangers or, you know, Montreal Boston or any of that stuff. You know, teams that don't see each other until the very final series. And sometimes there is that proverbial feeling out process. I don't think we've seen that really through the first two games of this final. In fact, I was looking at the numbers this morning. Two games in, 207 total hits. And it's almost equally split between the two teams. So it's not like one team is, you know, sort of pounding the other. And I wonder if that surprises you or what, you know, when you look at the first two games here, is it different than you thought it might be when you thought, okay, Dallas, Tampa, I wonder what this will be like. Yeah, it is, it is different, and and I think that it's a lot of times, you know, the the series is never really going, and you're not getting the best out of the series until the teams hate each other. And I feel like that was <laughs> that started right away, and there's yeah. a real true dislike for these guys. And I don't know, maybe it's I've thought about that too. Maybe it's because uh, Tampa's so close, and, and from what happened against Columbus last year, that's still that they have a chip on their shoulder, which I think is a big reason why they are where they are right now. And maybe they see how close they are, and they're going to make sure that you know they're hungry for it. And then also Dallas, like let's you know when you look at this Dallas team, they've been considered one of the more underachieving teams in the last probably four years, and you know they got close um, against St. Louis. And so that same thing, they got that chip on their shoulder and this is an opportunity and they know they got a very tough opponent in front of them. I don't know. I just, I find that this series is much better in that aspect where I think it hit the ground running. And, you know, sometimes you're right when you have teams that don't have those, they don't have those uh, rivalries. They don't play each other a ton during the year. It could take a little bit to get going. I I think this game is, or the, the series isn't like that at all. Do you think it benefits one team or the other if it continues this way in terms of, you know, if they are going to continue to go, you know, punch, counterpunch, toe-to-toe in this in terms of this physicality? Is is there one team that you think this benefits more than the other? Or is maybe this is just how it's going to be and it's, it's literally going to be, I always hate when we use the war of attrition kind of thing, but it, it's going to be which team can withstand the most punishment and still you know, stay on their feet kind of thing. Yeah, I would, I would say that I, I think that if you're Dallas, I mean, that's, that's who they are anyways, that we're starting to see in these playoffs. And I've been really impressed with the physicality that they've brought. I didn't think they were that type of team prior to playoffs, but they've been pretty like very committed in that area. And I think the one thing is when you look at, when you look at Tampa's prior series, teams invested 
on hitting Nikita Kucherov and making him feel his minutes. And Nikita Kucherov still looking great, but you, you still got to double down on that and just hope that there might be a time where he's going to hit a, uh, he's going to hit a wall and physically he's, he's, he's going to be out of juice, you know? And I think your hopes is, I hope, you know, if you're Dallas, you're hoping that's, that's game three or game four. It might take to game seven. We don't know. I mean, so I, I think that that's what you look at. The longer the series goes with this kind of way of playing, I think would benefit Dallas because you, when you look at the league and you name the top three grinded out, punch in the mouth type teams in this league, Columbus is one of them, the New York Islanders are one of them, and the Dallas Stars are one of them. Tampa would have to go through all three of those teams. And that's not even talking about the Boston Bruins, who aren't a slouch, and that they had to go through them. So they had to, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've gone through a very physically demanding road to get where they're at right now. So if you're Dallas, keep leaning into that. It may pay off. It may not pay off till game seven, but your hopes are it's going to pay off at some point. So the longer the series goes, I think it's better for Dallas. Yeah. Uh, just before I let you go, Mike Rupp, um, it, one of the interesting parts of this dynamic, and it's been the same way all, all summer slash fall uh, throughout the playoffs, but when you talk about maybe it pays off in Game 7, I think last year, I, had, I should look it up, but I'll just take it for what it's worth. I think it was 17 days to do the seven games of the St. Louis-Boston final, something like that. It was in excess of two weeks. Well, we're going to have game three on Wednesday night. Then they're going to play back-to-back Friday, Saturday. I wonder how, you know, as a player, do you sort of relish that? Or given the physicality of the series, are you like, oh, my gosh, like how is that going to turn – how is that going to impact this series? Because it is – so much is different, but specifically the schedule, you don't get those sort of – breaks that we traditionally see at a final because of TV and travel and stuff. Yeah, no, it, I, I think, I mean, for me as a former player now, I'm like, I'm not loving it because I, I want to yeah. see them get the proper rest. So we see the, you know, I, but I, as a, as a, a player, if I was to put myself in their shoes, you, 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 you quickly disregard that. I mean, you can't, you got so much on your plate right now. You're not thinking about how the schedule stinks right now. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's asking a lot. I mean, we know that there's, it's not the first time where there's, we've had back to backs and most of these teams have gone through it already in these playoffs, but very rarely, I feel like, I mean, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty, but very rarely, I think we see this in the finals though. And yeah, because sure. of the circumstances and, you know, I get it. TV controls a lot of that. And you want to play, you want to play uh, games on the weekend if you can for viewing viewership. So, um, but, you know, I don't think the current players are thinking about it. Um, I think that just adds to it. Hey, who's going to find a way to get it done? And, uh, you know, who, what team's going to squeeze themselves enough to uh, eke out a win there? Uh, all right, before I let go, do you, do you have the puck from 03? I hope you do. You, it must be I do, at home yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I got it. I've got it, and uh, I got it signed by Jeff Friesen and uh, Marty Verdor. And, uh, um, you know, they were um, – them and, and myself were the, the first three stars of the game, so I just thought that that would put the nice. – kind of a nice little touch on it. So, yeah, I got the puck, and uh, – you know, got some great memories to go along with it. 
Ah, good stuff. All right, Mike Rupp. This is—it's been outstanding. As I say, I, I, I could go all day. I, I'm not sure that's in your contract, though. So, but uh, you should be watching <laughs> Mike Rupp every single night on the NHL Network. Does fabulous stuff, and you can follow Mike on Twitter at Rupper17. Mike, a true treat. I only wish that we were in the same city so that we could grab a cup of coffee or a beer or whatever and uh but sometime down the road but thank you so much for coming and hanging out today it's been a ton of fun thanks so much awesome thanks scotty ah so much i could have asked mike uh, i I feel like i I feel like i've left stuff on the table but uh time constraints being what they are it is time to bring the tuesday edition of two-man advantage to a close um other podcast news this will be interesting tony granado head coach of the wisconsin badgers and one of the great granado hockey family members uh inducted into the u.s hockey hall of fame in, in this year's class he'll join craig Custance this week on the full 60 at the athletic billy Guerin. Minnesota Wild GM, as we've mentioned, joins Mike Russo on Straight from the Source at The Athletic. I hope Bill can take time from trading and doing crazy things with the Wild to uh, talk to Mike. I'm sure he can. And you should check out our comments section for each podcast episode at The Athletic app and rate and subscribe to Two Man Advantage on Apple. If you aren't a subscriber to The Athletic, and by now you know we are, we've soared beyond a million subscribers. How great is that? You should now subscribe and save if you aren't already. And go to theathletic.com slash twomanadvantage, and you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Unbelievable. Tomorrow, Pierre Lebrun back in the big chair and he and I will be chatting with Michael Hirschfeld the head of the NHL Coaches Association this should be a ton of fun Michael's so smart and that Coaches Association is doing such tremendous work and we're going to unpack all of that tomorrow as well as the NHL awards and of course the Stanley Cup final so don't miss that and we'll see you or hear you tomorrow